The Denver Broncos are ready for primetime action as they look to extend their win streak. Could it keep it going against a red-hot Minnesota Vikings team? We'll dive deeper to that and much more in today's brand new episode, Locked on Broncos. You are Locked on Broncos, your daily Denver Broncos podcast. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. What's up, Broncos country? Welcome into a brand new episode of Lockdown Broncos, your daily Denver Broncos podcast, part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day. Thank you so much to everybody in Broncos country for tuning in, making us your first listen of the day every single day. A special shout out to all the everydayers out there who rock with us. Just a reminder, you can get this podcast for free on YouTube or wherever you get your podcast. Do us a favor, hit that subscribe or that follow button if you have not done so already so you never miss out on any day's worth of Broncos news, content coverage, analysis, and more. You get that every single day, all year long. I'm Cody Rourke, Broncos reporter for Mile High Sports, joined alongside by Sarah Bettinger, site expert, predominantlyorange.com. This is a big episode here today, obviously, as Denver is preparing for their primetime Sunday night football showdown against the Minnesota Vikings on NBC. A lot of questions coming into this matchup. Both teams on extensive winning streaks, and one of those streaks will likely end here on Sunday unless the game somehow ends in a tie here. But the Broncos were back on the practice field, a shorter week for them since they came off the Monday night game. They came back to Denver on Tuesday. Wednesday was an off day, so they were back on the practice field on Thursday. And some news and notes here for Broncos country. Sunday's game, they're going to be wearing the all-blue uniform against the Vikings. So there is that there. But Sarah, my friend, hey, Practice, once again, like I said, short week. Got to got to try to get guys as healthy as you can. But several key players for the Broncos were DMPs in Thursday's practice at the Centura Training Center. Yes, uh, as you reported, Cody, uh, PJ Locke and Ben Powers were DNP as of Thursday, which kind of raises some questions, although there is uh, a bit of good timing there with Kareem Jackson coming back off of his two-game suspension. So you lose PJ Locke, very unfortunate. He's playing extremely well, I feel like, just from what I've noticed. The Broncos' defense gotten way better since he got into the lineup, even dating back to that Green Bay game where he obviously had the game-sealing interception. But the bigger injury, I guess you maybe could say, I mean, you hate to say that, but it kind of feels that way. The Ben Powers injury, the Broncos offensive line been playing pretty well, especially in the running game. I think they've been playing very well. Uh, ben Powers has obviously been a big part of the resurgence of that offensive line. If he doesn't play in this game, Cody, it raises some big questions of what will the Broncos do personnel wise? And, and what is that best five with him potentially being sidelined? It's a great question, right? I think a lot of us are wondering what that would look like if Ben Powers is to miss this game on Sunday Night Football. Who would step into his place? I think right now the the best adjustment or the best discovery of that would probably be Quinn Bailey at this point in time, though you also, I think, have to factor in Luke Wattenberg, who's kind of that swing center guard type of player. You know, we saw Luke Wattenberg get in on some action against the Buffalo Bills when Lloyd Cushingberg was cramping on Monday Night Football. So could he potentially be in line to play at guard? It is a possibility. I did feel like last year when he got put at guard, I felt like he played a lot better than he did at center for the Broncos down the stretch of the season there. But then also Quinn Bailey's been a guy who's been making some hay. And obviously when Denver goes heavy and they bring in an eligible guy, I mean, Quinn Bailey, they would say number 75 is reported as eligible. So it could be Quinn Bailey. It could be Luke Wattenberg. Regardless, if obviously 
Powers is unable to go. That is a big blow to the Broncos offensive line, which has seen some more sustained success, especially inside the run game where the Broncos rushing offense here, as we look at it here, they're averaging 117.3 yards on the ground per game, which is good for 12th right now in the NFL. And if we talk about the, maybe the last three or four weeks, it's been one of the top rushing offenses in the NFL in terms of totality. So that is a huge thing here. <laughs> Look, and it's also tough, too, because guess what? Minnesota's got a very, very good run defense, which we'll dive deep into a little bit later here on in the show. But I think another thing we really have to look at on today's episode of the show, really the emphasis for Broncos head coach Sean Payton following Thursday's practice for the offense specifically, where the offense is playing more efficient, but they're also hurting themselves in certain areas. One of those biggest ones, there. It's penalties, and I think one of the bigger things that we have to take note of here, when you look at the weekly release packet, the Minnesota Vikings commute, commit the third fewest penalties right now in the NFL, but their opponents are committing the most penalties against them. So that right there is a little astronomical when we look at the numbers and comparisons, and, and so many of them, Sarah, have been pre-snap. That is something that has to get fixed. That can't be the issue here this week against Minnesota. It absolutely can't. And what that stat says to me is that the Vikings benefit more than any other team in the NFL from penalties, right? Obviously, that's that can be a huge deciding factor in games, depending on how many teams or how many penalties your team is committing. And the Broncos, they committed a lot against Buffalo. And that's part of the reason why that game was so much closer than it really needed to be. And we keep waiting for, remember after, I think it was after that uh, that Green Bay game where Sean Payton said he was driving around the parking lot dreaming of that perfect game still, kind of just frustrated that the perfect game hadn't <laughs> come. You know, uh, that's the penalty aspect of it. If the Broncos could have a clean or cleaner game in terms of penalties, that would really go a long way towards having a quote-unquote perfect game, right? Because you're not shooting yourself in the foot pre-snap. And it really, as we will continue to talk about today, that would play so much into the Vikings' favor for what they like to do, especially if we're talking about the Broncos' offense committing penalties. And I wanted to throw just a dark horse idea out as well, Cody, for the, the injury situation, the offensive line reshuffling. I know Cam Fleming, he started a lot of games mm -hmm. in the NFL at the guard position. I think I can't help but think he would be one of the best five available right now. With Then you could keep Quinn Bailey in his role as that kind of floating extra offensive lineman. And Luke Wattenberg, I, I mean, uh, he only had a couple snaps in that game. One of them almost got away from Russell Wilson there. So, I mean, not that he'd be playing center, obviously, but I would be interested to see if Cam Fleming maybe gets some action as well. There's another name to throw in the ring, but obviously whoever's out there, they need to be on the same page. They need to be communicating well, and they need to know the snap count. We saw Lloyd Cushenberry kind of getting on Mike McGlinchey at one point for, hey, it's on two, it's on two, you know? So these guys have to communicate. They've got to know the cadence, and especially with the Broncos playing at home, you cannot give up penalty yardage to the opposing team. Well, if you ever hear it on a broadcast or you're there in person, you ever hear you know them call Monday, Monday, that's on one because it's the first day of the week, Tuesday, two. So, I mean, whether they do like apples, oranges, I know back when I played an offense, I had to know those calls from the offensive lineman because I'm sitting there as the flanker lined up in the slot. And sometimes we would audible and like, wait, did we change the snap count? And so they'd say apples, apples, which was one, oranges, oranges, which was two. I'm like, all right, we're good. Let's run the dang play now. But yeah, I mean, Mike McGlinchey, obviously for him, seven penalties so far this season on the offense for Denver. That's way too much. That is an issue for a guy that, you know, he's a veteran. He shouldn't be making these same mistakes over and over again. So that's going to have to be something that gets rectified. But there is something maybe to keep an eye on here for the Broncos in this game as well. The team needs 100 yards rushing to record six consecutive games with 100 yards rushing 
for the first time since 2017 and 2018 in that one season there. And if they get a win here on Sunday Night Football, they just need one win for their first four-game winning streak since weeks one through four of the 2016 season led by Trevor Simeon when he got the Broncos off to a little bit of a red-hot start in Vance Joseph's first year as the team's head coach. So how far we have come from that, if Denver can do that, obviously a trend in the right direction here going forward. But one thing we are going to dive deep into here on today's episode, Lockdown Broncos, we're going to take a look at our players to watch. We're going to take a look at our keys to victory. We'll dive a little bit deeper into players to watch on offense and defense, and you're going to get that coming up here in just a moment here on Lockdown Broncos. Today's Lockdown Broncos is brought to you by our friends over there at Price Picks. And as you know it, Price Picks, their daily fantasy sports done right. Price Picks is the most fun that I've had winning up to 25 times my money this football season. You just select two or more players. You pick more or less on their projected stats, and then you place your entry. And with the basketball season now arriving here, you can now pick combo projections across both football and basketball from the Specials League, a league that was created specifically for combo projections that includes two or more players from different sports or leagues. For example, LeBron James plus Travis Kelsey at a 10.5 point combo of three-pointers made and receptions. You want to play alongside some of Price Picks, favorite players like rapper Meek Mill and comedian Andrew Scholes. You can now find community plays under the promos tab of the app to view entries from some of the biggest names in the Price Picks community each and every single week. They also offer Apple Pay now, which makes it super easy to deposit. And in just a few taps, you can make your entry in less than 60 seconds. So make sure you go check it out today. Go to pricepicks.com slash NFL. And use code LOCKDOWNNFL for a first deposit match up to $100. Once again, go to prizepicks.com slash LOCKDOWNNFL and use code LOCKDOWNNFL for a first deposit match up to $100. A couple of Denver Broncos players could reach some milestones against the Minnesota Vikings on Sunday Night Football. And who's going to stop Joshua Dobbs mania? We're going to talk about players to watch on this episode, Locked On Broncos. But before we do, I want to give a huge shout out and say thank you to every single one of you that make Locked On Broncos part of your your day every single day, Cody. The the everydayers out there, as we love to call them and interact with on YouTube if you watch on YouTube. But you know, you can find Locked On Broncos free and available anywhere that you listen to podcasts right here on the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And Cody, the Denver Broncos have some really exciting uh, developments, I would say, based on what we saw the first four games of the season compared to the next handful of games here. Uh, we got players to watch in this game that have a chance to reach some milestones, but we also have maybe, uh, you know, just some some matchup situations to watch. So let's break it down. Offensively, who are you looking forward to seeing most in this game against the Vikings? I'm going to ride with the hot hand here on the offensive side of the ball for Denver, and that's wide receiver Cortland Sutton. Now, look, he's had a touchdown catch in each of his last four games. That's a great streak, and obviously for him, seven touchdowns already, right? I mean, that's impressive, even though that when you look at his his yardage output and things like that, it doesn't match up. But you know what? This game's all about scoring touchdowns, putting up points, because you know what points do? They get you closer winning games. And Cortland has been a big benefactor here inside of Sean Payton's offense. He's going to likely draw the assignment of Byron Murphy in, in terms of coverage on the back end there. And you always have to worry about Harrison Smith floating on the back end as well. And so I'm, I'm very curious to see if we'll see Denver, Russell Wilson, and Sean Payton maybe dial up some deep shots here this week to Cortland Sun. I certainly think that they should. Cortland is a player to watch, but also if he gets over 80 receiving yards in this game here, he'll become the, the fifth Bronco to receive 4,000 receiving yards in his first 75 
career games per the weekly release packet. So something to watch here is you're maybe watching a game is Cortland Sutton's having a couple of big catches downfield. Once he gets that 80 or even 81, that's obviously an impressive feat for him to become obviously the fifth Bronco to reach 4,000 receiving yards in just his first 75 career games. Court's got the hot hand right now. I think you still have to find a way to feed him, get him the ball. Once again, do some of those jump ball situations. Go downfield. We've seen great things happen. They didn't get really many opportunities to do that on Monday Night Football, even though that they had the circus catch on fourth and two that Russ had to scramble and throw from 30 yards out. Aside from all of that, feed Cortland the ball a little bit more. And I think good things will happen here on Sunday. But now I, I toss it up to you here. Like I'm Russell Wilson of Cortland Sutton. I'm throwing you the ball here, Sarah. When you look at offensive players to watch for in this game specifically, who do you have your eye on against the Minnesota Vikings on Sunday night football? I'm looking at those five right up front, right? I mean, I know we've talked about the offensive line already quite a bit, but I, I think we need to really emphasize like Brian Flores and the Minnesota Vikings. They blitz a lot. They send six or more pass rushers at the quarterback more than any other team in the NFL. And I talked about that on crossover Thursday with Luke Braun of locked on Vikings over there. And really what he kind of pointed out is that, yeah, they do send six more often than anybody, but they also uh, drop everybody but three more than more often than anybody else. So really the offensive line going to have to be on its on its toes and making sure that they are the ones that are asserting dominance in this game, right? You can't be out there playing confused. You can't be out there guessing every single snap. You want to be the one that's establishing dominance. And the Broncos, they've got to do that on the ground if they want to have those opportunities at deep shots to Cortland Sutton. And I think, you know, if the Vikings are sending six, hey, they're going to have the opportunities to take those deep shots. And it's just a matter of whether or not the offensive line is able to hold up that the Broncos are able to do that. So really, especially with Ben Powers potentially not playing in this game, it puts the, the focus on the offensive line to really play maybe their best game of the year, arguably, because you want to keep this winning streak going. You want to start to get the passing game a little more heating up. And the running game had, was was fine against Buffalo, Cody, but I would say that we've seen better from them. We've seen uh, we've seen more from them. We've seen uh, opportunities where they're they're breaking off big chunk plays more so than just kind of wearing down the defense. The running game has a chance to improve upon what we saw against Buffalo, and I think pass protection going to be absolutely critical in this game to keeping that offense on the field at you know when they have third down chances. You're going to have to keep Russell Wilson upright because as we saw with Buffalo, that when they sent the zero blitz, I mean, they got home really, really quickly and there were people mad on Twitter like, oh my gosh, Russ took a sack there. What is Russ supposed to do? He literally got the ball and bang, he's sacked. I, I I don't understand that. And and that's something that, look, with Brian Flores, we all know, he loves to do that kind of amoeba look, right, where guys are moving around. So I think communication on the offensive line to kind of piggyback on what you said there is going to be crucial in terms of calling out the right guys, hey, who's coming, who's not. And if this guy comes, what's our protection look like? I mean, so much happens on the fly. I don't think many people realize it in an NFL game, but this is a defense that's very aggressive, as you mentioned. And for them, they're only allowing 98.8 yards on the, you know, on the ground per game, which means that, hey, if Denver's run game gets shut down a little bit, they're going to have to air it out, and they're going to have to find a way to dig deep and do that. And also, I think in terms of your point, too, on the offensive line, the run game, Sean Payton said that earlier this week that he felt like watching that Buffalo tape, he felt like they just missed out on so many different yards that they could have had. They did, they ran the ball well, but they didn't run it efficiently in his eyes. So I think that's a big key coming into this week as well. But now let's shift gears to the defensive side of the ball in terms of you know our players to watch here. Sarah, I'm going to stick with the secondary here. I'm going to go with Justin Simmons here this week. I think it's going to be a big week here for Simmons. Obviously, 
He's been great back in the lineup here for the Broncos defense since he obviously missed some time with that injury here. But obviously for him, three interceptions so far on the season, he is one interception away from his golden interception, 31 for number 31. And he's going to have a chance to do it because this is a Minnesota Vikings team that Sarah, they love to air it out between all the guys that they have. When you talk about TJ Hawkinson at the tight end position, he's had 48 targets in four weeks, 35 catches on 48 targets in just four weeks of play. Is Justin Jefferson going to be back in the mix? Jordan Addison is there. I mean, they have guys who can catch the ball and obviously make explosive plays downfield. KJ Osborne's another guy there. Justin Simmons, I think, is going to have a chance to be in some alleys where he can intercept Josh Dobbs. And I think that's something we need to keep an eye out here. Minnesota, they air it out quite a bit, though, as we said, 272.3 passing yards per game. That right now is the third-ranked offense in the NFL, and it's crazy. They're a top-10 offense, through in, and in that category, top in, the, in terms of passing, even though they're bottom-ranked in terms of running the football. So this is a team that loves to throw the ball quite a bit. If Denver's pressure can get there and Justin Simmons can play in those passing lanes, in which he always does, he's going to have a great chance for another takeaway and to get his 31st career interception. Who do you have on the defensive well, side of the ball you have your eye on? I was just going to say one of the guys that can help him get that takeaway is my player to watch, which is Nick Benito. And, and I think Nick Benito, for a variety of reasons, of course, you want to see that pass rush getting home. I love to talk about the pass rush every single week. But for Nick Benito, he's kind of become the, the spy, the QB spy for the Denver Broncos. And he'll you know line up in the middle of the formation and he'll kind of look like he's going to come at the quarterback and he'll just drop back and watch and wait. And then he'll attack at when the timing is right. And I think he's kind of the perfect guy to do that. So explosive. We talked in that draft process about his his one five one or whatever it was, Cody, in the the 10 yard split that he has. Just an explosive, explosive guy. And so he's in the right position there to be to be playing that role of quarterback spy. But against Josh Dobbs, you are going to have to be maybe the most efficient player on the field defensively. Not You're going to have to make sure that you are shutting down scramble drill. You're going to have to make sure that you are accelerating his clock when he tries to get into scramble drill and make him make rash decisions with the football make him feel like okay i gotta get rid of the ball and i made a couple throws these last few weeks but nick bonito has to be the guy to cause that havoc of course we want to see baron browning and jonathan cooper and zach allen dj all the want to see all those guys get home and make plays as pass rushers but nick bonito specifically against a mobile quarterback playing that qb spy role i think he is one to watch so whenever 42 is on the field maybe in critical passing situations especially Keep an eye on Nick Bonito in this game. Very, very curious to see what Denver does, especially when they transition to dime. We even got to see a little bit of Drew Sanders in the dime last week, Sarah, against the Buffalo Bills. So I'm excited to see what Denver maybe has, you know, has up their sleeve for, you know, Dobbs, obviously for him in just two games, he's, he's passed for over 400 yards. He's got three touchdowns, zero interceptions, and he's got a completion percentage rate of 67.3%. So he's playing very efficient for them right now inside the structure of Kevin O'Connell's offense. And we'll see how Denver looks to adjust here, obviously on Sunday night football. But if the Broncos are going to come away with a victory on Sunday night football, what is it that they have to do? We'll take a look at our keys to victory here on today's episode. Locked on Broncos. Today's Locked On Broncos is brought to you by our friends over there at DoorDash. And DoorDash is a place where you can get all your local and your national favorites delivered directly to your doorstep. 
Did the game go to timeout? Well, it's time to order in with DoorDash. If it's halftime, that's ordering time. If it's the two-minute warning, you got it. That's your cue to order in. And look, I think one of the things I love about being in Denver, I have a wide variety of options around me. Some of my local favorites, if I'm feeling Froyo, I get milk and cake. It's this little cupcake at Froyo Company. What they do is they put together my order, which, you know, for me, it's like chocolate and vanilla gelato. I get the chocolate chips. I get the Reese's peanut butter cups and Oreos. And I have them stir that around and they deliver it directly to my doorstep or I go to obviously illegal Pete's and they bring that to my doorstep, a protein packed burrito to make sure I stay up on my gains. That's where I go with DoorDash. You can order pizza, wings, soda, burgers, or even just buns on DoorDash and get it all delivered without missing the game. All of your favorite restaurants and stores from retail to grocery are on the app so you can shop everything that you need to get game day ready, get prepared before game day, stock up on your favorite appetizers, and order all of your tailgate gear on DoorDash. Then get ready to watch your team win. You can get 50% off up to a $10 value when you spend $15 or more on your first order when you download the DoorDash app and you enter code LOCK23. Subject to change terms apply. Once again, get 50% off up to a $10 value when you spend $15 or more on your first order when you download the DoorDash app and enter code LOCKED23. As we jump into the fourth quarter action on today's episode, Lockdown Broncos, we'll dive deep into our keys to victory. But real quick, want to say thank you so much to everybody in Broncos country, all the everydayers out there for tuning in, making us your first listen of the day every single day here. Lockdown Broncos, part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day. As we talked about our first listen here after this, make your second listen of the day, the Lockdown Sports Today podcast. It's live 24-7 with all the sports and all the shows around the Locked On Podcast Network. You can get that wherever you get your podcast, or you can also watch that on YouTube live every single day here. Sir, let's waste no time. Let's jump into our keys to victory, taking a look at the offensive side of the ball here for the Denver Broncos. If the Broncos are going to win on Sunday night football because of their offense, in your opinion, what is one of the biggest keys they have to accomplish here against the Vikings? I think Sean Payton has to win the chess match, right? Obviously, Brian Flores has called a lot of defense through the years, and I'm sure Sean Payton is plenty familiar with his work. And so it's now just going to be a matter of, hey, uh, we kind of see the tendencies there. We know they like to bring a lot of guys. And what are we going to do to counter that? Because as of lately, Cody, the Broncos have really struggled to maximize or capitalize off their opportunities that they've been given offensively. And I'm sure that's driving Sean Payton crazy. But look, I I know people like to say, hey, it's not sustainable. Heck, I said it last week. Hey, you're not going to get five turnovers every single game. Then they go and get five turnovers against the Buffalo Bills. But at some point, you're going to have to work with maybe a couple fewer possessions. You know, I'm I'm not saying you can't get five turnovers a game. Go ahead. If that's if that hey, if you can make that happen, do it. But offensively, I think the Broncos need to win that chess match and really maximize their possessions a little bit more. Red zone efficiency has got to be better. Got to make sure that you're sustaining drives. Got to make sure that you're not getting kicked off the field right away by Brian Flores and his aggressive defense. Don't get caught out there looking like you're guessing the entire game. And so Sean Payton, I think, Cody, although we did players to watch before, I think he's the coach to watch in this game for the Broncos in terms of winning that chess match offensively and making sure that he is the one who's, you know, five, 10 steps ahead of the other side of the field. That's going to be very important. You know, we know Brian Flores obviously has a history of being a very good defensive coordinator in the NFL. 
the way he disguises some of his looks and, and just the amount of the pressure rate he sends. Look, Denver's going to have some chance for some big plays offensively, but also they have they, they, they're very capable of obviously setting the back to Neil Hunter's a guy you got to watch out for. As we said, leads the team in sacks with 11. He can be a potential game wrecker here for that Minnesota Vikings defense against Denver's offense. My offensive key to victory here, Sarah, is going to be, can the offense find better balance between the run and the pass, right? Talking about NFL, I mean, Minnesota having one of the NFL's top ranked run defenses. If they slow down Denver's rushing offense, right? Because I think when we look at the offense versus their defense, I think Denver's strength is running the football. And obviously, Minnesota's strength is stopping the run. So something's got to give here. It's going to be a battle between the best on the best. And if they find a way to slow down Denver's rushing attack, this is where Sean Payton, this is where Russell Wilson have to be able to throw the ball and air it out. I mean, they can't sit back and kind of have that third quarter low that we had talked about. It's like, it seems like they're calling the game scared against Buffalo. And look, I get it. Buffalo's pressure and the way that they do things is very, very tough. One of the top defenses in the NFL. You're facing a similar situation here this week, but you're going to have to at some point throw the football and air it out. Could Lucas Kroll maybe emerge into maybe a little under-the-radar guy that creates some opportunities for guys? Maybe. Certainly possible, but I think it's all about balance here between the run and the pass, and if Denver's got the run game going, right, lean on it, but don't be afraid to also air it out because you're going to have to take chances against a defense that's going to be as aggressive and send some blitz looks the way that Minnesota does here. You have to capitalize on and on that in a big, big way here. Now let's shift our gears here to the defensive side of the ball. The Broncos defense is going to contribute in them winning this game here on Sunday Night Football. Sarah, what is your key to victory that you are looking for here on Sunday? Hey, let's force some turnovers early again, right? Let's let's make sure even if we're not going to get four or five throughout the course of this game, force a turnover early, get that momentum, get the Vikings kind of in their own head, right? What When a quarterback is on a hot streak, you want to make sure that you are the one to to shut that down. You want to be the, the drive stopper, so to speak. You want to be the one that is willing to take the charge in the open court when somebody's got the hot hand and they're going for an open court, just absolute. They're going to slam dunk that ball so hard. Joshua Dobbs is, is like a basketball player who's on fire right now, and he needs a bit of a heat check. The Broncos need to be the ones to provide it. Somebody's got to go smack the ball out of his hand. Somebody's got to hit him right in the gut, you know, because you can't hit him in the, the chest, head, neck area. You can't hit him too low. Somebody's got to go hit him in the gut, knock that ball loose, and make sure that he knows we're coming the entire game. And creating a turnover early in this game, I think, will be critical. So even if it's a even if it's a quick three and out, you get a big punt return. You, you need to do something to rattle Josh Dobbs' cage so that he's not playing with this confidence. Like I can do anything against anybody that I want. So I think forcing a turnover early is going to be key to this matchup for the Denver Broncos. And I think that can happen, Cody. I think, as you said, Dobbs has not thrown an interception yet as a Viking. He, he was really good at minimizing the turnovers at Arizona, but there is a chance there. If you he, there's, there's streakiness to the play of backup quarterbacks, right? They can be red hot for a few weeks. Then all of a sudden, it's like the world comes caving in and crashing down on them. For Dobbs, I think that's what the Broncos need to make sure they're the ones to do is just really force that issue and make sure they're getting a turnover early in this game. It sets up perfectly. And in the passing department, the Vikings this year with Kirk Cousins, I think Mullins, if he if he was a guy who played some quarterback for them as well, and then obviously Dobbs, they've only had five passes intercepted so far this season. That's tied for the third fewest in the NFL, but they've lost 12 fumbles this year, which is bottom ranked 32nd in the NFL. So the opportunities will be there. No Cam Akers, obviously, out for the season. Alexander Madison is apparently in concussion protocol, so they may have go with Ty Chandler you know, in this upcoming game against the Denver Broncos. So I think something to keep an eye on there. My key to victory is going to be pressure, 
burst pipes. You mentioned so much about rattling Josh Dobbs. I think if the Broncos pass rush with Baron Browning, Jonathan Cooper, Nick Benito, Zach Allen, DJ Jones, if those guys can get home, and even like linebacker blitzes with Josie Jewell and Alex Singleton, if that pressure can get home, I think he will rattle a guy's cage who's found some confidence here in a new offensive system. Now that he's put together, I think, a, a game and a half in totality of a sample size, I think it gives the Broncos defense. I think it gives the coaches a little bit more of an understanding. Okay, this is what he's doing well. How can we take this away from him, right? Pressure is the number one key. When you look at sacks allowed, the Minnesota Vikings have allowed 23 sacks so far this season on QBs. A lot of those came in the first four weeks of the season where Kirk Cousins was just getting wham blasted left and right there. So they've been okay as of late in terms of keeping quarterbacks upright. Dobbs mobility obviously is a huge factor for him. He's their third leading rusher. And we look at active players on the roster. He's their second leading rusher. When you talk about players who are actually eligible to play here on Sunday. So that is obviously a huge key for the Broncos defense this week. Create the pressure, get after Dobbs, and it'll lead to more turnovers, more takeaways by Denver's defense that ties into your key to victory. Broncos country, we want to know what your keys to victory are. You can always interact with us on social media. If you're listening, wherever you get your podcast, just send us a tweet at Cody Work NFL at Sarah Bettinger, at Lockdown Broncos. Or if you're watching on YouTube, you can comment your keys to victory, your players to watch. We look forward to seeing you interact with other members of Broncos country. But the next time you're going to see Sarah Bettinger and myself here on Lockdown Broncos, we're going to be doing our Lockdown Broncos post-game report following Sunday night football. So make sure you stay up late for us. If it's a loss, we'll break it down. If it's a win, we'll celebrate it with you in Broncos country. We'll see you then on Sunday.